The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining. Remember, too, that you can go, if you enjoy this program, you can go to your podcast app and forward it on to everybody that you know. And we are, this is actually the second part of of a series that we were doing. Dr. Elizabeth Rex joined me a little while back and I said, you know, we got to get you back on here. We absolutely have to have everybody understand what it is that you do and and the incredible work and the most important work that you're doing. Dr. Elizabeth Rex is the president and co founder of the Children's First. Foundation, which is a charitable organization dedicated to promoting adoption as a positive choice for unwanted pregnancies and newborns. Her organization has sponsored official Choose Life license plates in Connecticut, New Jersey, Washington, D.C., which have raised over $230,000 to help Wait for it, folks. Pregnancy center care centers. How many times do we hear that we don't ever do anything for pregnancy care centers? Here it is. Dr. Rex is married to a retired concert violinist. They have two children, and two of their three children were adopted at birth. Their foundation is named in honor of birth mothers who lovingly put their lives and their children first. She is a professor of bioethics and has written several published articles defending the dignity of nascent human life from the very First instant of conception until birth. These are the type of people that are the heroes in our world, folks. Thank you so much, Dr. Elizabeth Ricks, for joining us. Oh, thank you, Molly, for inviting me back. You know, we've got so much to talk about. We're going to jump right in because, as I said, we've got so much to talk about. One of the things we wanted to do, we did talk a little bit last time around when you were with me. We, we, we actually laid out the issue that we're talking about, which is, of course, embryo adoption. You mentioned that we'd had over 2,000 adopted since 2008. Wow. There have been three frozen embryos sitting in the freezer, so to speak, for 30 years, little boy and little girl. Unbelievable. Um, John Stanley is an, uh, somebody who you highly recommend people listen to and, and, and read his work. Um, and I'm just sort of going very briefly over, over our last um, uh, interview, Elizabeth, so, you know, just so we can get the whole thing. Um, one of the things you made very, very sure that, that people understood was that we do not mess with little embryos, with, with gamma transfer. We don't mess with egg and sperm. Let's jump into the next part of this. And I, you know, we've got a beautiful, um, uh, thing that I had put out a little brochure that you had put together and it's very comprehensive. And folks, I'll put it back up again this, this time around when, when we put our, our interview up on our website. But, you know, one of the things that you, you, you really talked about was, um, should human embryos obtained in vitro fertilization in vitro be exposed to death what about that should we should we we've got all these little in vitro fertilized fertilized babies should we just let them die absolutely not and that's what the church says i i recommend that all of your listeners 
go to the website and pull up Donum Vitae, go to the Vatican's official website for the official English translation and read it. It is not very long. All of the answers are, what does the Catholic Church, it's all teach, it's all there. And so what I did with this little brochure is um, that I ask questions and answer, frequently ask questions, medical and magisterial um, questions with magisterial answers, with quotes directly from Donum Vitae and Dignitas Personae. Donum Vitae was... 1987, under during the papacy of St. John Paul II, and Dignitas Persona was in 2008 with Pope Benedict XVI, and it's all there. But sometimes it's hard to follow, so I did this little brochure with 12 questions and magisterial answers. So that was the first one I put in this brochure. And should human embryos obtained in vitro be exposed to death? And the magisterium responds in Donum Vitae 1.5, no, it is, quote, not in conformity with the moral law deliberately to expose to death human embryos obtained in vitro, mm-hmm. <laughs> unquote. And then it goes on to say, I, to ask, I, I ask the question because then you can listen to the magisterium respond. I ask, are all embryos produced in vitro exposed to an absurd fate and no the magisterium in donum vitae one five says those it's only quote those embryos which are not transferred into the body of the mother and are called spare are exposed to an absurd fate unquote so it's only the ones that are not transferred. It's okay to transfer them. They should be transferred yeah. into the body of the mother. But, but they should if not they are be. Not, yeah, exactly. So absurd then fate. Then they're exposed yeah. to fate. So to, to explain in layman's terms, absurd fate, what, what actually does that word mean? Well, back then in 1987, the Pope was concerned. Well, what if the parents don't come back? Yeah. What if, if now they're frozen? Okay, they've been frozen, quote unquote, to preserve their lives, even though freezing them kills half of them. Statistically, 50% perish during the freezing and the thawing. But the others that remain alive, only, you know, frozen, if the parents don't come, if they're not transferred to the mother's womb, then what? Exactly. And, and, it, I, and Hannah Strigi, who I have met, I know her parents. She was the world's first frozen embryo that was adopted as a frozen embryo. And they actually adopted 20 frozen embryos from a couple who had done IVF. But they didn't. They didn't want to do IVF. But they said, well, what about the spare embryos that haven't been transferred to the mother's womb? Could we adopt them? And sure enough, she looked into it uh, and they said, why not? And so absolutely um, she Hannah was the only one of the twenty that was that survived. Um, that survived. Oh my god! And they named all of the nineteen siblings they had. Oh, what a beautiful thing to have! What a beautiful thing, honestly, Elizabeth, to to reach bef- up before God and look him and him look in your face and say thank you. You know, you did everything you can to bring dignity, human dignity, to those to those little ones. Wow, that's, that's amazing. That's exactly right. Yeah. Do that to create the unitive and procreative ends of marriage. What 
separates the unitive and procreative ends of marriage in artificial procreation is IVF. Yep, exactly. And so especially if you use donor sperm or donor eggs, then uh, that's what violates marriage, the marital act, the rights of the mother and the father to become parents only through each other, the rights of the child to know his genetic biological parents if they've had resource recourse to yeah. um, IVF or surrogacy or artificial insemination donor sperm. All of what the church narrowly condemns is artificial procreation using um, technology to conceive a child um, in the Petri dish or through artificial insemination or surrogacy. And you know, Elizabeth, from all that I know about this whole whole process, it is actually very undignified for, for both parents. It's not, it's not something that you would, you, you go talk to people about, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're just the whole process is not very dignified, but then you also get to this whole thing where, so many of these little uh, um, embryos are are die as you as you've already mentioned. Fifty percent of them don't make it. So you've got that's you've right. created a little life, and then you're saying, "Well, we know you're going to die, but that's okay. We, we hopefully we'll get enough here so we can have at least one." I mean, it, it seems to me so callous almost. And I understand. Let me tell you, for, absolutely understand. The, the the pain that is caused to so many people who care, who are unable to conceive children and try and try, uh, and, you know, it's yeah. To adoption, and lo and behold, we forgot about you know trying every month, you know, to all of the rigmarole that you have to go through to time it perfectly. And when we forgot about it all and it started raising baby cockatiels, I got pregnant. Yes, exactly. When we were looking uh, yeah. into adoption, yeah, yeah. and and. So, so it, it just, is, yeah, it's something it's that happened we can, to a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, you know, you're not saying that you don't understand and that your heart doesn't break and people, you know, we understand the, the pain and the sorrow that have, goes with that. But we don't fix that pain and sorrow by creating, you know, a whole slew of little babies. I mean, that's just that, that got nowhere to go. We'll never ever have anybody where to go. Let's go on. I, I want, I don't want to get sidetracked, but I do want to get through as many of these questions as we can that you've got up here because I think this is the best way to do this. What is cryopreservation? Okay, so uh, the church clearly states that to freeze embryos or cryopreservation, uh, they're usually placed in liquid nitrogen, although there's a new procedure called vitrification. They actually turn these little leftover embryos into glass. It's amazing. Oh but it, and it has more success, apparently, when um, returning them to their natural state for trans- transfer into the womb. However, the church clearly states it is illicit. Cryopreservation, quote, is incompatible with the respect owed to human embryos. It presupposes their production in vitro. It exposes them to the serious risk of death or physical harm, since a high percentage does not survive the process of freezing and thawing. And this is important. It deprives them at least temporarily, of maternal reception and gestation, and it places them in a situation in which they are susceptible to further offense and manipulation. This is from Dignitas Persona 18. So clearly the Pope and the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith is saying it's wrong to deprive 
an embryo of maternal reception, shelter, care, and gestation. That is evil. Yes, yeah. and, and you know you can sometimes you can sometimes see, and I have heard of this, Elizabeth, where you know in order to to help the baby survive, there have been times when they've had to take the baby out of the womb or whatever. But that's the baby originally started where it should start, so that's yes. the difference. And I think that's very very neat. It needs to be cl- clarified that that's exactly what has to happen. We need and to give those babies the same um, respect and dignity that is due to them. In fact, on. Um, uh, Donum Vitae addresses that, and it actually, um, I asked the question, should, number nine, should a child whose human conception was achieved with IVF and ET be accepted and brought up? And Donum Vitae, section 2B5, says, quote, although the manner in which the human conception is achieved with IVF and ET embryo transfer cannot be approved, because of the IVF, every child which comes into the world must in any case be accepted as a living gift of the divine goodness and must be brought up with love. Absolutely. It doesn't say might, could, must it says be. must. Yes. <laughs> and you know, folks, I know a lot of you out there uh, are not Catholics. You're, you're very strong Christians. You, 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 you follow. In fact, some of you are, are more informed about what goes, what, what the Catholic Church has t- teaches. But I will tell you that many of, much of what the Catholic Church in these documents has put out has, is, is, very similar to what you yourselves and your diff- various different denominations or, um, you know, uh, evangel, uh, 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 the evangelization of, uh, different organizations that are out there. Th- many of you have exactly the same understanding of, of the dignity of human life and the reasons why the Pope, the, the Vatican has put out this very formal document to try to help us to understand what is going on and to understand. And honestly, Elizabeth, as you point out, you know, right now we are, we're at the point now where there's no need to have any more in vitro fertilization anyway, because there's thousands of babies that we've got that, that would oh, be. Oh, there there's oh. over a million now. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have to do any more of this kind of, you know, scientific. Right. We don't have to do it anymore. We have children that were just waiting to be adopted. So we really adopted. shouldn't. Yeah. Exactly. Sheltered, cared for. It's all of the corporal works yes, of mercy. Exactly. To the least of our brethren, what we do to them, we do to Christ. And you know what is very beautiful is that I, I'm a convert myself, so is my husband, and um, but we are all Christians. Absolutely. And I think that the, the parable of the Good Samaritan is so powerful. And these, um, it's don't, Dignitas Personae that actually, um, both of them, see, wait a minute, uh, Mentions the Good Samaritan. Absolutely. And it says, Absolutely. should everyone like the Good Samaritan? And our Protestant brothers and sisters have really led the way. Oh, with adopting with, without, these frozen yeah, embryos yeah. instead of the priest and the Levite walking on by. Yeah. And I, I think we Catholics have to do a better job yeah, yeah, of listening to our Lord yeah. who said, go and do likewise, like this good Samaritan. We picked him up, healed him, took him to an end, paid for all of his necessities. And that's being the good neighbor. And in fact, it says right here in Donum Vitae, its conclusion mentions the parable of the good Samaritan. It says, mm-hmm. 
Should everyone like the Good Samaritan treat the human embryo as a neighbor? And the answer, yes. Quote, in light of the truth about the gift of human life and in the light of the moral principles which flow from that truth, everyone is invited to act and like the Good Samaritan to recognize as a neighbor even the littlest among the children oh, of men beautiful. from Luke. So it absolutely, um, Dignitas Personae refers to abandoned cryopreserved embryos, like those two little children that were just born after being frozen for 30 years. <laughs> they yeah. are abandoned. The church teaches in the majority of embryos that are not used remain orphans. Yeah. Uh, Pope Benedict calls them orphans. Mm. Their parents do not ask for them. And at times, all trace of their parents is lost. Absolutely. That's Dignitas Personae 18. Yeah, absolutely. And it also, finally, it, it, the church um, recommends for couples who are infertile that they consider adoption. Absolutely. That it's praiseworthy. Yeah. And so... Does the Catholic Church see physical sterility as an opportunity for spouses to consider adoption as an important service in the life of the human person? Yes. Quote, physical sterility, in fact, can be for spouses the occasion for other important services in the life of the human person. For example, adoption. Absolutely. Dignitas donum vitae to be a... So my conclusion is that what the church teaches, you know, what to do with frozen embryos? Well, it condemns artificial reproductive techniques and it condemns cryopreservation, which are magisterially and morally illicit. But embryo transfer and prenatal adoption are clearly morally illicit and recommended by the magisterium. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just going back a little bit, I would like to ask you about and um, what about um, the, the 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 duty of the parents or the responsibility of the parents or the acceptability of parents actually deciding to go into these. Um, I almost like I don't know what else to call them, but freezers and telling you know whoever whoever researcher has got this, you know what I have twenty of these little embryos in there. I want you to pull them all out and let them die. Is that allowed? No. In fact, that's donum vitae one four. When parents may not quote parents quote may not freely dispose of the physical integrity or life of the unborn child. So that is not licit to uh, let them thaw and die. Likewise, they should not freeze them, even temporarily. So if they have frozen embryos, they really need to transfer them as soon as possible or allow them to be adopted. And then um, some people would say, well, what about an artificial womb? Or (laughs) there was even discussion of allowing them to be gestated by Sheep. Exactly. Oh, that was that was going to be my next question. What about putting these little babies into into animal wombs? And it actually says that even the church condemns not only the artificial womb, it's, it condemns even the hypothesis or project. This is a quote of constructing artificial uteruses for the human embryo. Mm-hmm. 
these procedures are contrary, this is a quote, to the human dignity proper to the embryo. So don't wait for an artificial womb. It's a maternal womb. Nothing more artificial, no artificial IVF, no artificial insemination, no artificial surrogacy, no artificial wombs. They need to be in the mother's womb or the legal adoptive mother's womb. Adoption. We're all adopted children of God. Absolutely. And likewise, it says, can parents uh, give their consent to medical, surgical, or other therapies needed to heal their embryonic children? And the church says yes. So embryo transfer is a licit therapeutic procedure. It's a medical intervention that the church says must be considered licit if it heals or improves the health. Absolutely. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. This is exactly what needs to be considered licit. Again, the word must. There's no question. um, The church allows embryos and and records really says they must be transferred to a maternal womb, whether the biological mother's womb or an adoptive mother's womb that legally adopts these embryos as frozen embryos before they are transferred into her womb as the legal adoptive mother. I'm the legal adoptive mother of my two adopted children. My husband and I are on the birth certificates yes, of our adopted exactly. children. Exactly. People don't realize that legal um, parenthood is terminated for the biological or genetic parents in an adoption and is legally established permanently for those who adopt children. So it's in the best interest of of the child that these laws protect all parties involved exactly. in Exactly. And, and it, you know, when you look at that, and this is like we, we're going to have to go, but when you look at that that whole idea of, of adoption, you bring up a very good point there, Elizabeth, in that it's the, the, the community, the society is looking at what is best for those little children, what is best for them. And that's what we should be that's looking right. at as, as we go forward. And, and again, folks, please don't think that, you know, we're, we're, unsympathetic or, you know, just whatever. It's just a matter of if it's already happened, it's happened. But let's try to stop any more of these types of fertilizations going on and and creating these beautiful little children and then leaving them to freeze or whatever it is that that is happening there. We cannot do that. And I am going to, I'll have all this information up on our website. You can download this incredible brochure that Elizabeth has put together for you, please do, just so that you know that you understand so that you're educated when somebody speaks to you about this, because it's very, very important that we do do this. Dr. Elizabeth Rex, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, great. And I'm hoping that we will see you in Cleveland soon. We have to get you. I, we will see each other. Thank okay. you so much. Mom. Okay. Take care. God bless you lots. Bye-bye. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class inspiring guest.